You are listening to the Rolling Tape Podcast, and this is my interview with Benjamin Millipede, the director of Carmen. Tú me has querido. Ahora es momento de que me dejes. Tu momento de volar. Ve a la ciudad de Los Ángeles. Benjamin, uh, how are you doing? I'm well, how are you? I am wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with me today. Uh, first of all, congratulations on this film. I, When I left it, I said to myself, I was just absolutely mesmerized. Um, I thought it was absolutely incredible. And um, I'm super thank excited you. to just hear a little bit of your insight on it today. No, thank you so much. A lot. Thank you very, very much. So I would love to hear, just to start off, uh, a little bit of your relationship to potentially the source material and why you decided to explore this for your first uh, directorial feature debut. Well, um, you know, it was really was something, I mean, I think there are quite a few elements that bring me back to my childhood and certainly the opera was very much part of my childhood, Um, the music. It's so famous when you grew up in when you grew up in France anywhere at the time. And I saw the 1984 um film with um you know with Tasso Domingo and when that came out, so the film version of 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 the opera that, that they made us on TV. And then I got to see um Carlos Soros Carmen. So it's something that I that I grew up with and I thought it would be when I was in my twenties dreaming of making film, I, I thought it would be good to rely on a classic tragedy. But then when I started to look at the story and I discussed actually was with Peter Sell as an opera director, he, he really kind of said to me, like, you have to reinvent it. It's not a good story. It's, it's, it's really the, you know, in the, in the opera, it's Carmen's not human really. She's this fantasy of what men think 
you know, this attractive kind of sexual fearless being is. And, um, and, um, and, and she doesn't love or really, or can love or be loved and also gets murdered for her freedom. You were afraid of her freedom in the opera. And so I had to kind of reinvent it. And a lot of inspiration came from my own experience and, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm glad that, it, you know, it made a lot of sense to, to, to use this story as a first film. And um, now I'm navigating onto other ideas. <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, I'll definitely would love to come back to that to hear anything you have there. But um, yeah, I would just love to ask, you know, what you have an experience, of course, a uh, long time experience as a choreographer. Um, you directed a few shorts. Um, how did you pull from that experience and bring it into, uh, you know, the role of directing a feature film? Was it something that you had naturally, uh, you know, had wanting to been building up to with the goal of doing a feature or did that sort of naturally develop and, and ended up in, in this format? No, I, I, I had the love for it. I had the love for the image and the moving image and lighting and creating an environment and all, all everything was there. When I decided to make the first film, then I just watched a lot of, I, I you know, really spent a lot of time watching films and analyzing films. And by the time I got on set, I was somewhat ready for at least most of the challenges, but it was all for a first time experience. So I learned a ton, I learned a ton and, and certainly not particularly on the screenplay side. And, it, it's exciting to to go work my way towards a second. Yeah, absolutely. And so, of course, you mentioned a, a lot of elements of this. You really reimagine, you reinvent. How did you begin that process in deciding what elements you wanted to sort of, um, you know, build in a new way or through a new lens? Even the setting, too, is something that very much changes. So how did you begin to go about that process? Well, I think it was just the idea of telling a story with a drama with music and dance that it wouldn't be that the story would have its a darkness to it and and that you could still use music and dance to express a story like this um, in a drama, you know, um, that it wasn't a sort of a happy-go-lucky, you know, fantasy musical, which are great, but, you know, I think it's like kind of like the most difficult how do you like how do you you know and obviously using dreams and real and surreal language is helpful in this you know in this context um but that was the goal the goal was really to to, to tell a drama a drama with music and dance and there's not so many you know people forget that it's not not so many i mean even you could say west side story is dramatic but it still has you know, very much the, the 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 jets and the sharks and the way they express themselves, like in the, with this sort of nineteen fifties um, physicality, like has a kind of lightness to it. And it was it it it, 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 it was it was one of the issues that Jerry Robbins had when he when he made it. You know, it was like how do I make gang members dance? Yeah. Yeah. And in this case, you make uh, Paul Mescal dance. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love to ask, uh, you know, you have at the core of this, uh, Melissa, the brilliant Melissa Barrera and Paul Mescal. 
how did they find the story? How did you find them and what made them the right fit for you? Well, she was, um, you know, I, I needed a Mexican woman who could sing and dance. And um, she was my favorite, you know, all the women I saw. And for obvious reasons, I mean, you can see how well it worked out, how good she is in the film, how well she sings and dances and the mystery about her and her strength from within. And just, it was just, and of course, being Mexican, the kind of the history of the women in her life. I mean, it just worked perfectly. And Paul was just... Of his first show, I was lucky to 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 get him at the time. Um, I wanted a real someone who really would be a real man, you know, and 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 not pretty boy who would dance too well. Or I wanted someone who could really come across as a marine for real. And he was he was one. I mean, he's so subtle. His performance is so good, and the character is so you have so much empathy for him, and you 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 read between the lines of his pain and what he's going through. And it's just great. He's so good. Yeah, absolutely. And how did you, cause of course, um, Melissa Barrera, she does have some experience in dance and, and singing, but Paul Mescal a little bit less. So how did you manage or go about directing that relationship between the two where, you know, Paul is of course, he has to support uh, Melissa in, in a lot of these, uh, you know, these musical moments that, that uh, are really important to the story. Yeah. I mean, because he was such a physical person and someone who knows how to use his body and I could see it in his acting and I could see it in his relationship to sports. I, w- I wasn't afraid. And it was, it totally worked out. And, and it, the point was, there was a realism to it, a kind of a roughness to it because it, it couldn't be too perfect. You know, it shouldn't be perfect. For sure. Um, I would also, um, I'm interested to hear your, your thoughts on, um, how you chose the setting for this and what that meant to telling the story, um, specific to the U S Mexico border and, you know, yeah. uh, all of the context surrounding that. I mean, I wrote a movie, maybe stupidly thinking that I, you know, that was set on a road trip to LA, Los Angeles and the Mexican border. And we didn't have the money to shoot it there. And then the question was, we were going to shoot it all in Mexico. So I scouted Mexico extensively. And then COVID started. And then, you know, I shot a movie in Australia. Um, and, but I had spent so much time in Mexico and photographed it that I knew confidently that I could make it work. And, and the language of film lent itself to kind of this location as well. And it was a thrill to find, to find all the locations in Australia and it makes Sydney look like LA, you know, it, it, it was, it was, um, it really, it really worked out and, and that was fun. And there's a mystical quality to some of the locations and it was very helpful that I spent all that time in Mexico for sure. And that I know sort of the Los Angeles landscape well too. And, but it was, it was this funny thing of like, oh, no, it's not how it works. Just because you wrote the movie here doesn't mean you got, you actually can shoot it where. <laughs> it was one of these things I learned on the go, you know? It's like, I mean, this happens like all the films. You know, it's crazy. Um, yeah, of course. And something else I, I definitely want to get your insight on that was one of the most magical parts of the movie. Of course, you know, there's the movie so much tied to to movement and and this idea of this fluidity of the human body. And 
something that goes so hand in hand with that is the music and uh, your collaboration yeah, with amazing. with yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. The original music from Nicholas Bertel. I I would love to hear um, how you worked through that process. How how you know was it something that he was composing, you know, early in the process to kind of yeah he was with the script. He was because we had to write the songs ahead mm-hmm. and the dances ahead, and I also would ask him to write temp for some scenes that was just score, and I wanted to let that give me the kind of look and the, which is how I work with dance and music implies the dance that I'm going to make the environment I create. So that was really important. And we talked a lot. I mean, I think the movie, I, the desire of this movie started with Nick and, um, and, uh, and then when we finished it and we got together in the room, the whole operatic quality came in. And that was part of, that was because we had for years exchanged all these different kinds of music that we loved and that maybe we wanted in the, we kind of wanted to influence the film. So in the end, it's a really original score and it's really strong and really beautiful and mystical. And I, I, I really love it. I think it's a really important score. I hope that people listen to it a lot. <laughs> Well, I can certainly say that I have listened to nothing but that on Spotify yeah, for a while now. Good. So, uh, no, that's it's good. It's, it's so great and it's so it's so beautiful and so intrinsic to the story too. And that's what I absolutely love about it too. Um, yeah, it's the other component of this uh, that I think goes hand in hand with the choreography, the movement of these characters, and the movement of the music too is the movement of the camera, and it has such a fluidity to it and such a um, you know, this smooth quality moving around in and around these uh, musical compositions. How did you choreograph the camera alongside your choreography with um, the actors? I mean, that's a very instinctive, natural thing for me to do, <clears throat> you know, because I, I choreograph in the studio, then I just grab my phone and then I then I start to play with what what direction makes makes the movement most interesting. You know, that's really it. That's a very, it's not very complicated. And then the director of photography can be like, well, actually it would be good. Try this or try that. You know, there's two of us, but I, but in the studio, I, I, I start to play with that right away to, to, to find that there's no dead moments. And then one thing leads to another. And so the transitions are beautiful, even within a single sequence, like how the phrase ends and starts and where the camera's placed. And of course it's very challenging for the operator because he has to learn all these movements. He has to be on the music. He has to, arrive at the right moment, but he actually recorded uh, the audio with instructions and he would play that. He had a version that played at the same time in his year while he was filming the sequences. Well, that's really beautiful to hear. Uh, sounds <laughs> You make it sound so easy uh, <laughs> when you describe the way <laughs> that it all unfolds, um, but it, it looks that way too because it looks so beautiful and um, I definitely commend you on on all of that coordination and all of that effort that goes into this because it's certainly um, mesmerizing to watch unfold. Uh, you did mention uh, at the beginning that you have some ideas that you're they're working through or potentially processing for the future. Can you share anything? No, I mean I'm working I'm working on a I'm, I'm on a film about a couple in Paris that takes place in the course of a night, and it will have a score by a composer named Andy Akiho who's a, a fantastic percussionist. Um, and so that's what I'm working on now. And um, hopefully it's shot in Paris in the next year. 
That's that's so exciting. I I mean, I will be first in line to go see it. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for your time. I, I really thank appreciate you. this. I, I absolutely adore Carmen. Um, I also have to mention thank Black you. Swan is one of my favorite movies of all time. So I've been yeah, a big yeah. fan of your work for a while. Um, so thank you so much thank for this. You, and I really me. appreciate it. No, it's me. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Have, have a good, good rest one. of your day. Take care. Bye-bye.